0: Well, welcome, everybody. Hey, if this is your first time here, we're so glad that you came and took the risk to come worship Jesus in a movie theater and come and joined us for worship. We're grateful that you're here, and uh, we want to make sure that you're just taken care of in every way. Uh, If you want to... Kind of communicate with us anything if you want a prayer request or feedback for us we 'd love to have it there 's a connection card right inside your worship guide and if you'd locate that right inside this little worship guide that you got when you walked in, we would love it if you would uh, kind of just tell us a little bit about yourself if you want us to have your information we will not come and knock on your door, but I will send you a little email this week um, and and just to see if there 's any other way that I can serve you and um, so if you want to fill that out, we would love that and and, as, and, and all of the rest of you who've been around for a few weeks, <laughs> if, your, uh, if your information's changed, you can use that or you can communicate something on these cards with me. Um, All of you who are here for the first time, we have a whole bunch of little CDs, worship CDs we want you to take home. A little bit of One Chapel you can take home with you. It's right out here at the Info and Resource Center. We'd love for you to stop by there, meet a couple people. Uh, There'll be some people there to greet you. I'll be there uh, meeting uh, people if you want to come and I'll, I'll stay till the last person's gone. And so, would love to meet you and 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 know know who you are and how you heard about One Chapel. Um, it's so great. Uh, we're doing lots of little things. You know, the thing about a church plant is it's it's um it, it there's there's no way to have really really there's no way to have pop up church. <laughs> okay, you can pop up a service in a theater, but that doesn't make it church. And so there's a process going on here where we're, where we're learning and growing together and we're figuring out how to do some things in small groups and we've got a whole bunch of people here who are trying to connect. And I want to encourage you, everybody just look at me real, real just look me right in the eye right here. It's important for you to, to, to take... Uh, I guess um, the ownership, if you believe God's called you here and you want to be part of One Chapel, I want you to grab on and I want you to meet some people and I want you to invite some people over for dinner and there's no way to grow relationships quick. It, it just takes time. So you've got to really be intentional at it. And so uh, don't, don't be afraid. Um, there are some, some weird people here, no doubt about it, um, um, but very few, very few, just, just, just a couple. Um, so, but there's there are great people here. There are really awesome people sitting all around you, and so I don't want anybody to be alone. If you've been around here for a few weeks and you're firmly planted, then reach out to somebody who's brand new, okay? Really important that we do that. Um, I want to highlight these two little cards. Uh, I, I'll be I'll be talking about this today, our mission and what we're doing here and why we're here and why One Chapel has come to Austin, but these are two little Tools that we can use. This is a little prayer list card. They're out on the info and resource table. And it, it requires that you fill it in with five people that you're praying for to come to Christ. I think this is such an important idea. We've got to have it in the forefront of our minds all the time. I want you to pick those up, and I want you to stick them in your Bible, hang them on your mirror, be reminded there's prayer, prayer scriptures on the back. Make sure you take that home, and, and let's pray for some people to come to know Christ. This is, hi, you just got served, which I really like. Uh, I've been leaving this uh, all over the city uh, on tables when I give them a really good tip. But I warn you, you have to give a really good tip, all right? So, so take that do something buy somebody I got feedback from uh, a couple of you this week, and you had you had bought somebody 's coffee or something, and it's really good it 's a tangible way to express the love of Christ and uh, just serve some other people um, i've got 've got some pretty um big idea announcements that I want you to kind of tune in for, all right? And 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 so one of the things that's happening, we're really starting three things at the same time right now. We kind of started our Sunday services and so Sundays are kind of going now and we're kind of tracking. Um, I want to just mention that for any of you who don't know how to connect yet, because there's not that much to connect to, we're still kind of figuring that out. Um, one of the best ways to connect is to come and be part of setup team or or teardown. Um, we're looking for ways to make sure that this setup is easy and not burdensome to the same group of people all the time. So my my goal is to get two or three teams, two or three people on each project that goes on to set this place up on Sundays, so that they can rotate around. And uh, uh, I think that's healthy. I think it's strong. I think um, the idea uh, it's kind of keys in on the idea of Sabbath, um, that you can't just go, go, go all the time. You've got to take time to rest. So we've got to make sure that we are allowing each other to take Sabbath with this kind of thing. So um, if you want to do that, you can talk to Spiro Stavro. Spiro, are you in the room? Spiro Spiro, he's out taking care of stuff in the hallway. He is He's the guy who's really making sure things are happening and on track out there, and I appreciate that so much. Um, so you can also just e- email me or email info at chapel, and we'll make sure that you connect, or you just show up at 645, and we'll put you to work. <laughs> That's really the easiest way to do it, okay? Um, and then there's something coming with small groups and with a, kind of a, a a growth track that we're... Going to use as a as a way to integrate people into the life of the church to hear about the vision and values of who we are and where we're going and what we're doing and trying to get them to connect. And so we're gonna we're gonna start this Square One Growth Track. It starts November seventh. When does it start? November November seventh. It's gonna be on Sunday nights. We're still looking for the venue, but I think we found it. So uh, stay tuned. Um, It's one of the crazy uh, things about being a a church plant that's following the fire by night and the cloud by day. So. Um, So anyway, uh, we're starting that square one growth track, and then we're also starting small groups. And these small groups, we're just going to kind of go for it. This week, uh, I'm going to send you an email with all of the groups and and some of the topics that that they've got and some of the uh, locations around the city, and I'll give that all to you this week um, uh, by email. So that's another reason to fill out your connection card and make sure we have the accurate email address for you if you want to know more about that. And then um, I want to highlight one other idea, and uh, it's this idea that um, we all need more and more tools to connect. And so one of the things we're going to be using is a thing called My One Chapel. Everybody say it together. My One Isn't that, it's kind of cute, isn't it? You should see the little, the, the little thing, it's My One Chapel. Anyway, it's, it's very nice, and it's, it, what it is is essentially an online community uh, tool for us. And what we're going to do is, you know, those of you who have kids who have been checking children in, then you've been using this tool already. And uh, it's really it's really a tool uh, that that deals with church uh, kids check in, church finances and and tracking all the records, um, connecting people in small groups, um, making sure that our records are correct, all that stuff. So we're gonna we're gonna launch into this um, this week, and I'm gonna send you in this email. I'm gonna send you um, the instructions on how to just become part of that community, and it's very simple, super easy. And you'll just go in there and start creating, making sure that your profile is correct. Now, one of the best things you can do for us um, uh, at One Chapel is make sure that we have all accurate information for you. And so this is going to be the easiest way to do this. And so each of you already, uh, if you've been here uh, any number of weeks or you filled out a connection card, then you already have a profile in there, but but it it needs to be updated with pictures and some things. So you can see, make sure you go in there and you check and see, make sure it's right, make sure it's accurate, make sure the phone numbers are right, make sure all that stuff's right, and you can start creating your profile. Now, my goal is not to create another Facebook. I think we have have enough Facebook to go around all right I don't want to create another thing that you have to check all right that's not my goal but I do think that we need easy ways to communicate with one another in small groups in connect groups and easy ways to find each other's information and so I think um, I think this is going to be really helpful for us so that's coming your way and I want you to get in there and just Search around, look around, make sure your profile is right and your family's profile. We have your kids' names right. We have your spouse' names right. That, that All that's correct, all right? Can you do that for me? Yes. Yes, all right, good. All right, take your Bibles and let's read the Scriptures together. Last thing I want to say before we, before we dive in is there's, um, there's two ways that people really connect when they're believers, in Christ, two ways, and um, one of them is prayer. When you pray with people, something happens, something, something goes on inside of you that connects to the other person. That's why one of the first things that people do in the underground church in places like China or in the Middle East, one of the first things they do when they have people, new people who come and they meet together in an underground setting, they ask them to pray with them that's the first thing they do. And the reason they ask them to pray with them is because they want to see if they're really believers. So they <laughs> say, okay, let's pray. So anybody who's spying or trying to get into the underground church for any other reason, they're, they're caught off guard. So, it's, so if they can't pray and they don't pray with them and they're not really connected to them, then they know not to tell them anything. It's really an interesting idea, and I, but I think it speaks to this thing that when we pray together. So there's a Wednesday night prayer meeting. Um, if you've been, it's at Julie D's house, and it's been great work. starting to overrun her house um, because there's so many people coming, uh, but it is a great time of connecting with other people, and so it's another way that you can connect with one chapel. And then secondly, uh, the other way that you connect other than prayer is you connect over work. Okay work. Yeah, work. Nobody's excited about work. But what happens when you work together is you have a shared experience. You work together. You really get to see people. You really get to see who they are. And so um so we're going to have a big work day next Saturday. Um and uh and we're going to work on a little house that's going to become our offices, I think. And uh and so um Larry and Suzanne Foster are allowing us to use some of their office space, um, and so we're super excited about that. And so um, I'll be sending uh, information about where that is, but Saturday, all day long, 8 to 4, we'll be out there working on the place, making sure it's ready, um, and we need uh, as much help as we can get, all right? So come and, and work with us. All right, turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 2, verse 42. It's where we've been. In fact, let's, let's begin by praying. Father, we pray that your word would have its intended effect on our minds and on our hearts and on our lives. Let illumination happen in this room, not because uh, of necessarily of what I say, but because of what you are saying. And so, Lord, would you work in us? We receive it from you in Jesus' name. Amen. Acts 2, 42 says... They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I love this passage because I think it reveals to us the original formula, the original formula of church, the original ideas of what Jesus intended as the church began to form. And so in these, in these little uh, verses here, we have the, the, all the ingredients to make church what it's supposed to be. And our goal for everything we do is to make sure that we're able to be connected, that we're able to devote ourselves to one another and to the teaching of God's Word. We're, we're trying to make sure that we are uh, meeting with one another on a consistent basis, not only here but in our homes. We're trying to make sure that people are being added to us daily, as the Lord works in their lives, I think that is the original formula of church. And so we're trying to discover at One Chapel and make sure that as we grow, as we begin this journey together, that we're becoming the church that God wants us to be. And so we've been reviewing The kind of the pillars and the vision and the values and the ideas, putting foundation stones in place here in these services. And so it's really important that we do that. And so if you've got your Bible, I'd love for you to have your Bible uh, out to look at the scripture that we're reading. I think it's so important. And if you don't have a Bible, then we have some Bibles uh, available for you and... There were going to be some ushers who were ready to hand, uh, hand them out when I was ready. Okay. Awesomeness. See, people are filled with awe right here. <laughs> Sorry, we don't, I don't have them. I was ready for them to pop up and go. Okay, so, um, you what? You have a whole pile of them? Look at that. We have, we, have a whole bunch of, we have a whole bunch of Bibles here. How many do you have? Two? <laughs> Two. Awesome. Okay. Next week, we're going to have Bibles for anybody who doesn't have one, and you can have one, and we won't do make it an awkward situation like we just did in this church here Sunday morning. All right? This will never happen again like that. All right? So fear not. All right. <laughs> Okay. What was I saying? Yeah, we're putting foundation stones in place. So I want you to have your Bible out. And then I also want you to take out a little piece of paper because I think when you write things down, you can use your little worship guide. I think when we write things down, we get things into us. They We, we retain the information better, all right? So what we're doing is we're looking at foundation stones. We're looking at pillars and the vision of one chapel. So what we've been working on is presence-based, which is the idea that the presence of God is among us, and it is important, relationship-driven, and then mission-focused, all right? These three things. And today we're going to talk about being mission-focused, all right? Mission-focused. Um, last week we talked about relationships, and let me just review what that was. Uh, last week we talked about building community and how that works together. And so we've got community, and we have connection, and then we have compassion, all right? And so and so, connection, community. Wow, this whole, th- the whole thing's kind of there. It is connection, compassion. <laughs> can you put all three of them up there? There you go. Yeah. Can you put all three of? Are do all three of them kind of exist up there? No, they don't. Okay. All right. <sighs> I love this. So, wh- what is community? weekend gatherings. What is connection? Connect groups, all right? What is compassion? Compassion groups, all right? What are compassion groups, you might ask? Oh, there's got to be a way for us to figure out how we're taking everything that we're doing outside the walls of the church. So part of your responsibility in being in a connect group is essentially being part of a group that has vision and ideas for touching and reaching our city. It should be part of our normal life. And so I'm trying to build it into the life of the church by making it part of the responsibility of a small group. Does that make sense to everybody? you. All right, we talked about that last week. If you don't know anything I'm talking about, it's I actually wrote a blog about it this week, and you can go to blog.onechapel.com. All right, but I want to I highlight this idea. Up, in and out, because this is a this is kind of where everything else is 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 looking. Um, we belong to a community that looks to our heavenly Father for everything. So everything we do has got to have this this origination, this orientation. That the posture that we hold as a church is we're looking up. We're not looking to the side. We're not looking at you. I'm not looking. There's I'm not blaming you for anything. I'm not. I'm not fixated on people's failures or different issues that I'm concerned about. We, we deal with all that. The first place we got to look is up. We got to fix our eyes on who? Jesus. Then what happens is we protect one another and grow together when we're connected. What happens is there does have to be a healthy inward focus. There has to be a health that goes on inside of us as we share with one another and as we share the burdens. One of the ways that we we really help one another grow past our own failures and our own foolishness, is we, we wrestle through it together in a group of people who really know us and can coach us and encourage us. It's really important. And then out, we have a mandate to go and share the good news with compassion. We have a mandate that Jesus gave us to make sure that we are doing what he asked us to do. We have, in fact, a mission. Everybody say it, a mission. Don't get too excited. Everybody say, mission. All right, so Matthew chapter 28, turn over there, and we'll start there. Matthew 28, verse 18. When we're mission-focused, this means that we believe that our purpose is greater than our own gatherings. I'm going to say that one more time. When we're mission-focused, we believe that our purpose is greater than our own gatherings. And there's a wonderful purpose here, wonderful presence of Jesus in the room, people getting healed. I believe that is what we're supposed to be doing here. But everything that we do has this backdrop of of, of the mission that that God gave us through Jesus. We want things to be uh, strategic in the way we serve our city, the way we take care of our community, the way we we do uh, missions. It's really important that we stay mission-focused. Here's the mission that Jesus gave us, Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. It says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I want you to notice there in verse 19 what it says, what the command is. It doesn't say go into all the world and pray with people. Lead them in a prayer. It says go into all the world and do what? Make disciples. I think this is the most difficult thing that we have on our plate to do one chapel. This is the this is the most challenging element for every church and it will be with ours too. But I, but I believe we have to take it seriously. We have to look at ourselves and we have to look at others and we have to decide, are we going to create disciplined learners? Are we going to create people who have the discipline and the life of Jesus in them? So he says, I want you to make disciples and then I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I want them to be immersed in what I'm doing, immersed in what the Holy Spirit is saying, and then I want you to teach them. And this is this is a this is kind of a crazy thing. I want you to teach them to do what? What does it say there? Teach them to obey. obey. Teaching them the ideas is different than teaching them to obey. Teaching them the ideas of what the commands are is different than the process of teaching people how to obey. Because when you start talking about teaching people how to obey, that means you've got to be living life with them. That means you've got to, they've got to watch you do it, and you have to help them understand how they can obey. It's like a guy who's just totally addicted to coffee. <laughs> how does that guy learn how not to be addicted to coffee? I'm just using that to be funny because I didn't want to use another example. But this guy who's totally addicted, how's he going to get himself off caffeine? He just has to, he just has to have it. He's going to have to have some buddies around him who will help him walk, who will show him how to drink coffee, proper liquids. <laughs> it's going to have to have some other guys who say, hey, what you, what you need to do is you need to get some Gatorade. Gatorade's really good for you. How's all these electrolytes. It's really good for you. It's really, it's way better for you. Now, the first time you taste that Gatorade, it's going to taste like what? Terrible nastiness. Oh, awful. No, I, I need a tall toffee nut mocha. That's what I need. <laughs> But what has to happen is there has to be a a coaching and a mentoring and an encouragement and a connection. And so this is what we're engaged in as church. That's why it's so much easier. Actually, it's it's so much easier to do so many other things, so many other programs, so many other um, outreaches. It's, It's easier to do all that other stuff. This is what's so difficult, is helping people, teaching people to obey what He's commanded. And so that's what our goal, that's part of the mission that that we've got here is we're supposed to teach people to obey. We're supposed to engage in their lives deeply enough that they can watch us, that they can be coached by us, and and we can let other people in our lives who are coaching us. Make no mistake about it. One chapel exists to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus so that they will become fully devoted followers of Christ. That's the goal. That is the reason. And everything that we're doing points to this. The presence of Jesus points to this. The relationships that we have together point to this. Meeting together in this big group and, being, and casting vision and talking about where we're going and what we're doing, connecting with other people in a small home group or, or somewhere at work and having a connect group at work or in a coffee shop, that is all about this mission. Really, a church is probably more like a, supposed to be more like a light bulb than a laser beam. You ever met Christians who kind of feel like they're a laser beam? (laughs) Hey, (laughs) poof! Actually, there are ministries that I think function like laser beams too. Certain ministries that focus in on a certain people group or a certain a certain need we can we the, the, those lasers are effective at making sure that light is given to that to that need but i think that the role of a church is not a laser beam it's not to have all these laser beams everywhere it's to have it's a, the role of the church is to be like a light bulb we just provide light wherever we go we just everywhere we go sometimes you know it's i li- i liked thinking of ourselves as um Having that three, three, three click light bulb, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about—the this three-way—I I guess that's what they call it, three-way light bulb. Because <laughs> so some people, the light's going to be really bright at like 50, <laughs> and then 100, and then 150. I, I just think we're supposed to be the kind of people that everywhere we go, we are about this mission of helping people discover light. And so we see that God's intent. Is to use us like this. Let's turn over to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts chapter 1, verse 8 is Jesus, and he's speaking. Let's back up to um, to verse 7. He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my, what is that word right there? You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is... This is essentially Jesus saying, I want you to wait here, and when you receive the Holy Spirit, when, when I'm going to birth the church, the church is going to bust wide open, and it's going to be crazy, is essentially what he's saying. I want you to wait for it, and here it comes. And what it's going to do is it's going to empower you. It's going to give you strength. It's going to give you the kind, of, the kind of power you need to be able to be a witness. Now, I want you just to think for a moment about what being a witness is, being a witness is telling what you've seen and heard. Making sure that you give an accurate description of what God's done in your life and what you've seen Him do in other people. And so this mission of being witnesses, what we're really doing is we're building a kingdom. And and Jesus kind of highlights this here. He says, but you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, I want to break that down just a little bit because I think it's important for you to see how one chapel is going to end up functioning and focusing. Um, if you if you put this up here, um, let's start with Jerusalem, my city. The same demographic. If you look at look at your if you look at our city of Austin, we have to start looking at our. Our demographics, we have to start understanding who's here. We have to connect with the people who are here. There is a cultural group that we're part of. And, and we, there, there are lots of different cultures within Austin, which was one reason why I think it's really difficult as a city to reach with the message of the gospel. There are so many cultural distinctives actually in this city. And so, but I think that's why we need multiple churches. I think that's why one church can't do it all by themselves. But, but Jerusalem is our place. It is our responsibility. Jerusalem is our place that we can take ownership of, and we can say, we've got to make sure that we're taking care of people, that we are shining this light, that we are telling what we've seen and what we've heard, that we are taking care of the homeless, that we are caring for those who are fatherless, that we are making sure that we're uh, uh, serving and loving people into the kingdom of God. And so it's very important that we take responsibility for our city. Responsibility for our city. Statistics, we need to know what the statistics are. We need to, to, to uh, kind of uh, be engaged in projects and outreach. We need to make sure that we are putting pieces together. One of the things that I was doing this week with Nathan... Um, Uh, Nate and Shannon are such wonderful people. He was playing uh, guitar right over here, and he's come with us to help us uh, plant, and and just an incredible guy. Um, Nate was doing all kinds of research this week on all kinds of ministries that are engaged in Austin that we can partner with to make sure we're doing a great job. And so we've got a list that's coming for you to engage with. We've got a, a list of people that are already doing great work. See, here's what I don't think. I don't think, I don't think we have to come to the city and reinvent the wheel. There's a bunch of people doing great work in this city. All we need to do is partner up with them and link arms together and make sure that we're doing great work with them. So we got lots of laser beams in this city. There's actually a ton of ministries that are reaching a certain demographic group. And the great thing about One Chapel is, is that we're, there's a bunch of people from different, different demographic groups here. And so you you're, you showed up, and, and there's, um, the Bible teaches us that we can all be one, no matter where we come from, no matter what our political affiliation or our social status, no matter what we come, what our background is, our religious background. Whether you're Methodist or Lutheran or crazy charismatic, we can all be. We can all be one. We can all share together in the inheritance that Jesus is giving us. And I think, I think that's the way it works in a church individually. I think that's the way it works in a city. And it, it's the way it works with the body of Christ. And so, so important for us to uh, engage here. And what you're going to find over the next few weeks is you're going to see these different ministry areas where we're going to engage with them. And I'm going to challenge you to do it. I'm going to challenge you to engage with your, with your connect group. I'm going to challenge you to engage as we kind of define some big projects for the church to do at large, All right? So, but, it, but just because we do these projects, just because we do these projects does not lift the burden of personal responsibility on you and on me. Just because I'm a pastor and I try to convince people to do these things does not lift the burden of me being personally engaged. We have to accept it. Number two, Judea and Samaria. This would be um, uh, sort of my nation. Um, Different demographic groups, different cultures, different values. Sometimes it's important for us to leap over a cultural wall and reach into another demographic group. Okay, so Judea and Samaria would sort of represent this idea. Jerusalem was the centerpiece and a, and a lot of um, uh, cultural dynamics. Then there was Judea and Samaria which had different religious beliefs, different elements, different cultural uh, distinguishing characteristics. And so he was saying, you gotta do it in Jerusalem, then you gotta go outside that. You gotta make sure that your nation and the people that are connected to you in your nation are taken care of. This is 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven and I'll forgive their sin and heal their land. That means we gotta be part of initiatives that are, that are, that are praying for our nation's leaders. We gotta be part of the, the prayer movement that's covering all of our government officials. We're gonna be uh, sometimes in our prayer meetings on Wednesday nights, we are specifically praying for the leaders in Austin and the leaders in our state and the leaders in our, of, of our nation. And it's because I believe that what the apostle told us I think it's in uh, 2 Timothy that he, he wants us to pray for kings and all of those who are in authority over us. And he said, I want you to do this so that you'll live peaceable and quiet lives. So this is something I think we've got to engage in. And then, of course, the ends of the earth. We're responsible to make sure from our little location here, We're responsible for making sure that the message goes around the world, that we're putting our energy and effort together with a group of people that are sending missionaries all across the globe into dark places, places where the gospel has never been shared. Did you know that today there are still places with technology and everything that we have at our disposal, there are still about 400 and some unreached people groups, people who have never heard the gospel message, not even one time. We have to take responsibility for that. That is the mission that Jesus gave us. There is no way around it. So we're going to do short-term missions. We're, I think, here's what I believe at One Chapel. I think everybody has to go on a missions trip every two years. You, have, you just have to. And, and the reason, <laughs> some of you are super excited about that. But here's, here's, here's why. Because I think we get insulated we get insulated with our culture and with who we are and what we have at our disposal and we start thinking that this is the way most of the rest of the world lives when in reality, mm, it's not true at all. Actually, we are in the top percentage, like top 5% of the entire world. No, the poorest of the poor are in the top 5% in America uh, of, of people who are um, rich. I, 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 It's so funny, people who are rich. I was thinking in my mind, even our poverty level people, um, there's a study that just came out, and I was reading about it the other day and the The study came out and said that everybody who's under the poverty level, most of them the large majority of them like in the ninety percentile of people under the poverty level have a car <laughs> and cable, <laughs> have basic cable, and it's that's why you always go to a poor somebody who's poor. And there's always a big fat television, isn't there? It's kind of crazy. Like, what is that? How does that work? All right. So it doesn't mean that we need to look down on those who are poor. It means that we need to teach each other how to care for the poor. That's all that means. Our government has sort of created a, a poverty level that is sort of different, a different, uh, a different, um, a different. Wow. Come on, it's a different standard than the rest of the world has different standard than the rest of the world has. And so we need to remember that. We need to see it. We need to go to places where, where the kids are just roaming the streets among the people that were dead that they threw out last night. We need to be able to see the, 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 the Mexican people in a village that has never heard anything but a, a tormented, twisted idea of the gospel. And so we need, we need to do that and we need to experience it for ourselves and we need to experience it together with, with each other. All right, so we're going to the ends of the earth. We're gonna do short-term missions. We're gonna do uh, long-term missionaries. I believe, here's what's gonna happen. What's gonna happen with One Chapel is our goal is to train missionaries to send them, but we're gonna do it in a way that partners with organizations that are doing a great job. And one of the people that's gonna help us do that, some of you have met him, is Britt Hancock, Britt and Audrey Hancock, Are missionaries to Mexico, and they're people that we're supporting, that you're supporting with your tithes and offerings. You're supporting them every uh, ten percent of every dollar you give is going to go right off the top to missions, and then we're going to do projects on top of that. We're going to do all kinds of other things in our city, but they're going to they're going to help us organize it. They're going to help lead it, and they're going to they're going to train missionaries, and we're going to make sure that we're doing our part to fulfill the Great Commission. And then, then finally, I think what God has called us to do is to, um, is to do church planting. I, think, I don't think this is the last church that I'm going to plant. Now, it's probably the last church that I'm going to personally pastor, but I want to plant a whole bunch of churches out of one chapel. I want to raise up young men and women who will be so committed to the gospel and the mission and the message that they want to plant churches all over Austin, all over the state, all over our nation and around the world. I think wherever, a ch- here's here's what I believe, wherever a church is planted, that's where the gospel gets footing and the light bulb gets turned on. The light bulb gets turned on and people can start seeing. They can start seeing the message. And so I really believe this is important for us to understand. Now, here's what I here's what I think we've got to do as one chapel, all right? We've got to do this well, which means that the key for us is our mission will be most effective when we have healthy relationships and where people can sense the presence of God in us, thus presence, relationship, and mission. We've got to make sure that the presence of Jesus among us validates the message that we are giving, that our healthy relationships are the method for our mission. See, one of the things that happens, what, what is the number one problem in American culture today? With reg- in regards to the church and the way they see us. What's the number one problem with the way the world sees the church? Yeah, they, they think we're hypocrites, right? They don't have a lot of confidence in our ability to convey a message of love. The only way we get more author- spiritual authority to speak the message and to carry out the mission is if God's presence is legitimately among us. Like there's something supernatural happening among us. It can't just be an intellectual gospel. It cannot just be things we learned in Sunday school. There has to be something going on among us that is supernatural. It's not just natural, it's supernatural. There must be a presence of God in you that other people can sense. If there's not then we're just kind of going around kind of creating social groups that kind of enjoy one another and and have a good time together. And it's kind of good for us to be connected to people. You know, I do it for for me. I do it for my kids. No, there's got to be a greater mission that is happening here for connect groups. There's got to be a greater mission that's happening for coming together on a weekend and worshiping Jesus inside this dark, dreary, stinky theater. Although I think it smells pretty good. Right, we're we're dealing with the smell pretty well. It's the aroma of Christ. It is only if we have a supernatural thing going on among us and with us, and only if we start have if we have healthy relationships, relationships that know how to treat each other when we're upset, that know how to deal with anger, know how to deal with history and baggage know how to deal with bitterness and and difficulty, when we have healthy relationships among us and people can see those healthy relationships, then what happens is they start being interested. When there's something supernatural, somebody gets healed, people want to know what's going on. What is that? So it is presence and relationship that actually creates the opportunity for the mission to be done well. Ephesians 4.15 has kind of been a a hallmark of our discussion. And um, Ephesians 4.15, you can write that down. I'll just quote it to you, and we'll end with it. Speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow into Him who is the head, Christ Jesus. Speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow into Him. I, I really believe that this Passage in the book of Ephesians, and Ephesians, I, I, I I can't wait to do a book study because we're gonna. One of the things we're gonna do is we're gonna grab a book study. I think Ephesians may be the first thing that we tackle because it is so, it's so rich. There's so much in it for the church and the defining of the church. But Ephesians four fifteen is kind of this idea within this book that's really about relationships and about God, us being in Jesus and Jesus being in us and us being. Um, connected to one another, and it kind of defines the mission. But this, this passage, truth and love, that we're responsible to convey the truth, but it's got to be in this atmosphere of love. It's got to be motivated by something called Compassion. That's why those, those groups, we named them compassion groups, because we have to be motivated by compassion. If we're not motivated by compassion, what happens is we get really strangely legalistic because we're motivated by something else. Purity, we're motivated by some kind of, uh, you know, gotta, you, you got to do this my way. There's crazy things that Christians do in the name of God because they cease to be motivated by love. If you're motivated by love, you can tell the truth well. It's not to say that everybody will like you. Make no mistake, people, everybody will not like you for sharing the truth with them. But I think the truth is this thing we can't shy away from. What we also can't have is just loving people, <laughs> loving people all the time without actually telling them what really matters. We had an experiment with that in the 60s and 70s. It was called the social gospel. And, uh, And it was doing, taking care of poor people, which I believe in. I think that we should take care of them just because they're God's creatures. There's no doubt about it. But that does not release us from the responsibility of the mission. Because the mission isn't just to fill people's tummies. The mission is to actually make disciples, teach them how to obey, help them to understand, help them to understand that the Holy Spirit is here, willing to fill them up, that there is something supernatural that they can connect to, that Jesus died for their sins And He wants to embrace them in the love of His heavenly Father. That's the mission that we've got to be completely focused on. And so what's going to happen is, some people are going to end up attaching to this church just out of that mission. Um, there, there's going to be all kinds of, of, um, <laughs> of people from different demographic groups. There's going to be all kinds of social uh, classes that'll join themselves to the church. Look, we need to drop all that at the door and make sure we treat everyone as a child of God when they come in this door. We got to make sure that we're embracing one another because here's what happens to churches a lot of times is they're fine, everything's okay, it works, everything's good. You know, the pastor's, you know, teaching sermons and their worship is nice and I really enjoy that. And then when they get to a mission that's, that's kind of uncomfortable or difficult or challenging, sometimes they don't want to come back. Jesus I think, calls us, he demands us to be engaged in a purposeful mission, an intentional mission. And so I want to gather a group of people that'll challenge one another. Listen, I need to be challenged just like the next guy. I like my couch too. I like football. And I like all the stuff, and and it doesn't mean that we can't be engaged in that stuff, but man, I want to be about the mission, and I want us to teach one another how to be about the mission, and I want one chapel to be full of His presence, full of supernatural power, full of relationships of people laying down their lives to each other, speaking truth in love to each other, coaching one another. And then finally, I want that truth in love idea to be applied to evangelism, to nobody cares what you have to say until they know that you love them. I want us to be consumed with the mission of loving people so much that they ask the question, what do you really believe? What is this? And I want us to accept that responsibility, and I want us to go for it. I want us to be consumed with it. Will you go with me? I want you to go with me. And even if you're scared, even if you're sitting here, you're like, I just came to church in a movie theater. I don't know. What (laughs) is What's all the pressure, man? <laughs> I totally get that. But here's, here's, what, here's, what I, here's what I really, I really believe this, that God knows what's so good for you, even though you, sometimes we don't know it for ourselves. And sometimes the very best things for you, at least this is what I teach my teenagers, sometimes the very best thing for you is the most difficult thing for you to do. Your heavenly Father knows that about you. And I think that's why he's brought one chapel to join our voice with many other churches that believe what I, the same thing that I'm telling you right here. So close your eyes and let's have a moment where we respond to Christ. We respond to his words. I just want you to... I just want you to be able to say, yes, God. I'll be consumed with the mission. I'll be consumed with your agenda and your purpose. I've been way too consumed in all these other distractions in my life. I want to be focused. I want to be part of what you're saying and part of what you're doing. Now just, I want you to respond to to Jesus and nobody looking around. I just want you to kind of do this Yourself. I want you to respond. I, I like people having to respond by raising their hands. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. But I just, I sense that uh, there may be people here You kind of got off track somehow. It's been a long time since you've been connected to Christ. And maybe it's a, situation where you 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 know him but you really haven't been about his business at all and if you're here this morning and you want to say yeah I want to be I want to be connected to that I want to I want to make my life count for something And I, I just want you to lift your hand straight up in the air. Yep, I've been off track, but I'm getting on track today. I'm going to be about the mission. I'm coming back to the mission. Anybody? Yep, I see you. Yep, I see you all over the room. Just, I, just, I want you to do it for you. You don't have to do it for me. I just want you to do it for you. If you believe that just as a, as a sign, as an action, that you, you lift your hand and you say, yes, God, I'm about the mission. Now finally I want to ask cuz I think because one chapel is about the mission that I want to give an opportunity for people who you've been away from the Lord you, or you don't know him you've never received him into your heart into your life you you really haven't followed Christ. You're here either because you you showed up with a friend or maybe maybe you're here and people don't even know that you don't know him. Cause you talk a pretty good game, but Jesus is calling you, and He wants you to follow Him. He's calling you. He wants to l- wrap His loving arms around you and bring Him with you, or bring you with Him on what He's doing. And so if you're here this morning, and this is a moment, you just think to yourself, "I, I really need to give my life to Christ. Maybe because you... You've been away from him for a long time or maybe because it's just never come up. This is a moment where you can give your life to him, where you can say yes to Jesus, yes to his plan and purpose for you. So if you want to follow him, find meaning and purpose for your life, I want you to just, nobody looking around, I just want you to lift your hand in the air. I'm not going to call you forward. I just want you to lift your hand. Yep, I see your hand. Yep, anybody else? Yep, I see a couple more. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Don't be afraid. Don't be, don't be embarrassed. Don't wrestle with Jesus. He'll win every time. Just let it go. Let's let let him do what he wants in your life. That's good. Now, so many of us we we say things that we don't mean way too often. But we're going to pray a prayer together, and I want you to pray it with me. I want you to say these words, and I'm going to kind of give you the words. But it's not the words that make the difference it's the faith inside of your heart that changes everything (laughs) it's believing and then saying it with your mouth that really changes your life so I want you to pray this prayer with me and I want everybody in the room to pray it together and let's pray it out loud pray this after me say Heavenly Father thank you for Jesus thank you for calling me Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my failures. I want to give up my plan for my life. And I want to accept your plan for my life. I want you to be Lord. I need a Savior. I need to be saved from myself. I choose to follow you. Make me a new person now. Change me from the inside out. Help me to follow you all the days of my life so that I can serve your purpose in this generation. Now let me just pray over you. Father, thank you for each of these people who've prayed this prayer, mixed it with faith, and now you're working in their lives. You're making them into a new person and you're calling them into your kingdom. Lord, I thank you for this. Help every one of us to be about this idea, the mission, the rescue mission, the mission that you have for the earth, that you're calling people, that you're calling people into your kingdom, that you're rescuing them and saving them from their own foolish devices. Father, I pray that you would help each one of us to embrace this, to follow after you with all of our heart, and to give our lives for the cause of Jesus Christ. We thank you for this, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. The last thing we're going to do this morning is we're going to share in giving our tithes and our offerings. Um, One of the things that we're committed to at One Chapel is the idea of giving. We believe that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And so we choose to act like him by giving. And, uh, and letting Him conform us into His image by being givers. And so one of the best measurements of that, of course, one of the most difficult measurements is our money. And so, um, so we choose to give as a result of our worship, as a result of our belief in the vision and the ideas in this local church and so any of you that are there brand new you certainly don't have to give in this offering but if you want to that would be perfectly fine but this is our this is our opportunity as one chapel people, one chaplains, one chapelites, one chapelers. I gotta come up with a name. Anybody who can come up with a name for one chapel, I my my favorite right now is the Oneeders. The O'Neaters. Looks like the wonder. Never mind. You got to see the movie. That thing you do. Okay, so, so stand up on your feet and let's worship the Lord and let's give with our tithes and offerings. All right.